Welcome to the first episode of You Get an Oscar. I am your host, Anthony Martinez. On this podcast, every Monday, I bring on a guest and we talk about a movie of their choosing. For this episode, my guest is Joe Morgan, and we will be talking about the 1982 film, Singles. Let's get into the episode. All right, thanks for coming on the podcast, Joe. So you brought to the podcast the movie Singles. Um, I've never heard of this movie before. Uh which is kind of surprising because it's a pretty good movie. I, I enjoyed watching it. Awesome. Um, so what made you bring this movie onto the podcast? Uh, <clears throat> one, I've, I've always liked it. I, I saw it at the theater. It was, um, it came at a, at a cool time for me because I had, it was the first movie I saw in the theater my first year of college. Um, and it was kind of my demographic at the time. And yeah. Uh, it's Cameron Crowe and Cameron Crowe has a real knack. Uh, well, for one of incorporating music really nicely. Uh, and music was a huge part of this movie. Um, mm-hmm. but also he has a knack for making something very, uh, very true to the zeitgeist of the time, but it's also kind of timeless. Uh, yeah. And that makes it, kind of resonate with me and make me want to watch it again and again and again, because there's parts about it that like, Oh, well that's certainly from the nineties, but there's also stuff that um, is as true today as it was then. And uh, right. Those are the kind of movies that, that I tend to gravitate towards. Yeah. I felt like a lot of the relationship dynamics weren't like, like nothing was like tied to the time. Like all right. of these re- relationship dynamics can work in a relationship now. Very much so. Yep. All right. So would you say, uh, so this is like a, a romantic comedy. Would you say this is one of your favorite genres or is this just like an outlier? I, I'd say it's an outlier. I'm not, <laughs> I'm not much into romantic comedies. Um, for me, <laughs> like the typical romantic comedy has a, has a soundtrack to it that, just kind of grates my nerves like like nails on a chalkboard like your typical Nora Ephron movie uh some I liked you just kind of roll with it but some uh like how to lose a man in 30 days or whatever that was just has almost like a cartoonish soundtrack to it (laughs) that just just drives me away um so yeah this is this is an outlier um uh, uh Cameron Crowe to me has a way of making cam making a uh, romantic comedies seem like there's something different somehow, like more coming of age uh, mm-hmm. spirit than than a romantic comedy. There's something more more true to it somehow to me. Yeah, as I was watching it, I was like, "Wait, do I like romantic comedies?" Like, <laughs> right. I was really enjoying this movie, and I was like, "I don't think I normally do, but this one is." It's it's pretty good. Yeah, it's it's kind of a different. It's a romantic comedy, but like a different flavor somehow. I don't know how else to explain it. It's like or a different different shade of a romantic comedy. One thing I really liked about this compared to a lot of at least like um, romantic comedies, uh, like modern ones, mm-hmm. is they would always have a point where like the the male love interest always ends up in like a weird position where he like, it looks like he's like cheating or something similar to that. 
Mm-hmm. And I just always hate those moments, mostly because of anxiety. Because right. like when I just see those, I just get anxiety. But yeah, I always hated those moments. But this one really doesn't have it, have anything like that. Yeah, it's, it's uh, they like what you're talking about seems like a trap. Uh, yeah. And it and it's just like you you either see it coming or you're like, OK, when's it going to come? And with this, it's it's more. It's more just regular uh, regular relationship or regular response to a relationship or the evolution of a relationship without um, without something that seems forced or cliched. Right. And then uh, would you put this movie in your top 10 favorite movies? I'd say so. Yeah. Um, maybe not my top 10 best or but it's certainly among my top 10 favorite to watch. Uh, there's something, there's something kind of warm sweaterish <laughs> about it. Uh, there's a coziness yeah. to it that I, I find very comforting. Yeah. Yeah. I could see that. All right. So then uh, let's get, Oh, before we get into the plot, I had a couple questions because mm-hmm. you're older than me. This movie came out the year I was born. So, <laughs> Oh, good Lord. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Oh, that's more drastic than I thought. But that oh, was dear. 30 years ago, so. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, wow, so... I need to pour something stiffer than what. <laughs> uh, uh, LaCroix yeah, but it is. In this... <laughs> the movie, uh, a few times somebody had gave somebody else a garage door opener. Yeah. Was that like a thing of the time? No, and that's that's what's kind of cool <laughs> is, that, is that it was – like I say, it was like in my demographic and it spoke to me, but it, not exactly. Because uh, like there was a line Bridget Fonda was saying like, well, I'm 23. I was 18. So this, I could relate to it, but it also seemed like a like a benchmark that I could aspire <laughs> to. Like, oh, that looks attainable. And how cool is that? And, and you know, full disclosure, four years later, I actually lived out there. Um, oh, wow. not because of the movie, but the movie did make me a little more comfortable with the idea, you know? <laughs> yeah. Um, so, so yeah, there was something, uh, but is it the garage door opener? Like was not, you know, I, I was 18. I had no concept of having my own place <laughs> yeah. or whatever. So that was kind of news to me. Uh, and I really haven't seen that element since in any other movie or anything. And I don't know, uh, and I, when I lived out there, it was like for two years, I, I rented and I shared an apartment with a girlfriend. So that we had a garage door opener and that was the end of it. <laughs> there wasn't a whole, a whole to do about it. Um, so yeah, I never got yeah. to live that, that life, but there was, <laughs> in fact, like when I first saw it, I didn't think anything of it. And it wasn't until I, uh, you know, rented it a few years later. I think we actually while we lived out there, we rented it and watched it. And that was kind of funny. And then we noticed like, Oh, well, okay. Garage doors are a thing. Well, who knew? <laughs> yep. Yeah. It was just so strange while I was watching it the first time. I'm like, okay, that's a, that's a one-off. And then it happened again. I'm like, wait, what <laughs> is this? <laughs> yeah. This must be important to somebody. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, and I uh, say that as a person who, who now I'm in a relationship where my visor has two garage openers on it. <laughs> <laughs> I got mine and I got hers and it's same with hers. She's got, she's got mine too. So 
<laughs> I think of that every time I open your garage. <laughs> yeah, it kind of came full circle. Who knew? <laughs> All right. So then this movie starts off with uh, Linda, who is like, there's like a couple main characters. She's one of them. Mm-hmm. Um, and she's like looking, she's like walking in the streets and she's um, looking at some puppies that are in some cages. And uh, this uh, man named Lewis comes over and Luis. is talking to her. Luis, yeah. <laughs> uh, he's talking to her, says, uh, he's like looking at, he's talking to her about the dogs. And then uh, he t- tells her that he's going to the University of Washington and that he's from Spain. Um, and she kind of blows him off. And then she gets in her car, but the car's not starting. And then. Uh, Luis comes over and offers to help her and they kind of get take the car to get repaired at a repair shop and while they're waiting for the car to be repaired uh, they're talking about talking and Luis mentions that he's got to go to back to Spain soon because of his visa mm-hmm. um, so then they kind of start to hit it off um, and then they're like kind of dating while before he goes back to Spain and she tells her friend about it and uh, right before Luis goes back to Spain, she gives him her remote to her garage door and tells her or tells him he always has a parking spot. Um, and then they kind of uh, they kind of get together that night. And then the next day after he's supposed to be have been gone, um, she goes to the club with her friend and then they see Luis there with some other girl. Um and so then she leaves upset. Right. And this was like, I didn't like totally get it at first. Cause like, I mean, he, you only see him a couple times before this part. Mm. So she immediately notices him. But when I seen the guy, I thought it was just another guy. Yeah. At first I thought, she, yeah, I thought she was going to like go talk to him. And then like, and then it clicked. I was like, Oh, that's not, that's the same guy as before. So mm-hmm. he was, Either he was lying about being from Spain or he was lying about the visa or something. But either way, he was lying to her about uh, what was going on there. Yep. Pretty blatantly. Yep. Yeah. Um, So then uh, she's like outside upset talking to her friend. And then it kind of cuts to Steve, who is another one of the main characters. Um, He's talking to the audience, which they do this a lot where the character is talking to the audience um like i don't i don't understand there's like no concept or anything it's not like it's like a documentary or anything but they just talk to the audience at times yeah and and first i sh- i should uh scoot back a little bit the before they go to steve they cut to linda at the garage door opener place Oh yeah, I, I forgot about that. <laughs> so yeah. I'll let you. I don't know if you wanted to skip that, but I wanted. I wanted to give you a chance to, to reel back if you wanted to. Because yeah, yeah, I forgot. <laughs> she was like uh, trying to get a new garage door opener, so she that guy doesn't. This stranger basically right. doesn't have <laughs> exactly. access to her uh, garage. I just liked how because this is me a lot of the times where. I'm like at a place and they're like trying to get really in depth with things. And you're just like, give me the best one. And then just let me go. Like, (laughs) yeah, I don't need to know everything. Just tell me which one's the good one and Mm -hmm. I'll I'll leave. 
Doing us both uh, a favor that way. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, we, we cut to Steve and he's talking to the audience uh, about how him and his uh, ex-girlfriend just broke up. And then he was kind of wanting to get back together with her. Um, but then she's already found somebody else. And then he talks about how I don't even know where this how this came up, but he just talks about how when he was eight, his doc his doctor was talking to him about where babies come from. Mm. And it's just such a strange scene where they're just like in the doctor's office. I don't even know what he was eight at the time. So it's not like he was talking to him about any like I, I don't understand the this <laughs> why this happened. Or why he brought it up, but it's just like him and his mom in a doctor's office, and he's just telling her, telling him like graphically about mm. about having sex and how babies come, where babies come from. Uh, and then he was also talking about how his dad told him to have fun and stay single. Yeah, and I'm thinking the that doctor thing was kind of the um kind of the counterpart to what his dad told him like Mm -hmm. my dad should have explained this he didn't this doctor did (laughs) and it went like this and here's what my dad did say and then he left (laughs) so so like any cluelessness like the cluelessness he was explaining where he said like how did this stuff get so complicated when you explain that part from his childhood it was like, well, that's what I had to go on. <laughs> so, yeah. so it's, it's already complicated and this is what I'm, I have to work with. So you can see, and you will see as we go along, I'm like pff, clueless. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so then we go to uh, Janet who is, it's a uh, Steve's ex-girlfriend mm-hmm. and Janet is talking to the audience about her boyfriend, Cliff, who's the lead singer of a band called uh, Citizen Dick. Yes. Um, and she calls him a renaissance man because he's in a band and he does art. <laughs> and then she talks about how his band had put out, uh, a, what was it, a mixtape? I forgot she called it. I, uh, or an, a demo, I don't think maybe? it was an, a demo. That's yeah. probably what it was. Not an album. But yeah, a demo. I forgot, like, as I was writing this down, I forgot what exactly she called it. I just knew it wasn't an album. Right. Uh, so then she uh, meets up with his parents or not. I don't know why I said parents. <laughs> she meets up with him at band practice um, and he kind of tells her that he's also seeing other people as well. And she just kind of like shrugs that off and doesn't really acknowledge it. Kind of. I don't know. I don't know how she just kind of was making it seem like that wasn't true, but it was. Yeah. Like she, um, he was like, oh, I, I see other people. You do know that, right? And I think, like, she just kind of stopped as though, like, you could tell she didn't know, but she played it off like she did. Like, oh, you can't fool me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, yeah, that's this is kind of like, I don't know. This is like the one relationship that I don't enjoy throughout this whole thing. Yeah. Yeah, it was kind of the same because it was it was pretty much on pause the whole time. Yeah. Or they like they started with um where it was and then she like she, you could tell she was having her doubts and she was ready to and I'll I you know I'll leave it general so you can get there. Um <laughs> she like she was ready to take a pretty big step and then didn't and then seemed like so it was like less about the relationship and more about where she stood. Like what 
Yeah, like a, what like she character. was looking for and what she w- thought she was looking for, and just basically, yeah. basically young confusion. <laughs> yeah, I I enjoyed the character growth, but like the ending kind of irritated me. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. It was a bit, and they seem to they seem to play off it like like we both know this probably isn't the best, but here yeah. we are. <laughs> yeah. So uh, then we go to a concert. Uh, so this was where I was a little confused because it was um, they were getting stickers that, or not stickers, but um, what's it called? Stamps. Hand stamps. That said Rush, but it was was it Counting Crows or uh, that that particular show was Alice in Chains, I believe. Alice in Chains. Yeah, I was just confused because I assumed since they were getting Rush stick Rush stamps that it was going to be a Rush concert. Oh no, <laughs> so, no. <laughs> No, I think I think it was like the name of the club, or it had some. Oh, other, that that would make yeah. sense. Yeah, I was just confused when I seen that. But yeah, they're at a uh, an Alice in Chains concert, and this is where Steve and Linda meet. Like Steve sees Linda, and he like goes to talk to her, um, and she kind of blows him off initially, and then as they're about to leave, um, Steve his, and his sorry, his line what, was pretty was pretty epic. <laughs> like, like I love oh, yeah. the line that they have him use and her response to it. It's <laughs> just, yeah, it was really like, nicely. I've, I've, I've played not that exact card, but I, it's, <laughs> you don't see that in movies very often. Like somebody using a line, having it not go well. And then that awkward retreat. <laughs> <laughs> it's just like, yeah, he just kind of walked away. Yeah, exactly. It was something like, uh, a, um, I could, what is it? I could like play like, uh A, I could leave you alone. B- oh yeah. Or or B B I could talk to you or A I could talk to you. B I could do nothing. Or C I could be myself. I chose C. What do you think? <laughs> the that last line is the best the best part. Yeah. <laughs> I chose C. What do you think? <laughs> uh do you remember her response? Uh it was something like uh A you are like uh, you do have a character or like a something like that. Right. Oh yeah. Cause he, he stepped into ABC saying, you know, usually like people go to these clubs, they have an act. Yeah. An act. Yeah. Um, so I figured a da 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 da. And that's where she said, a, you have an act and B not having an act is your act. <laughs> yeah. And that he's he, just kinda to like... which he replied, thank you. <laughs> and walked away. <laughs> Yeah, he was just kind of thrown off, like, "Oh, uh, yeah, I'm just gonna, I'm just yeah. gonna go now." Yeah, it's like like when you swing it straight three and you're <laughs> and you're stuck like with the bat over there. It's like, well, it's over now. I have to leave awkwardly. <laughs> yeah. So then, um, as they're about to leave, uh, Steve and his friend, which I did not write his friend's name down because they only said it like twice throughout the movie. Yeah, he was supposed uh, to have like a little vignette, and it got cut, like in the extended oh, really? version yeah they didn't or in the like the director's cut they um it, they showed some deleted scenes and one was was his but uh oh, okay. what was his name i'll probably think of it later started with like a g or something i don't remember but yeah so it's him and uh steve and his friend are kind of about to walk out and then linda and her friend are, are walking out and uh they're kind of like hey can we we'd like to go with you. And they're like, well, where are you going? And then they said, wherever you're going. And they said, we're going home. And then that kind of like, 
they <laughs> blow them off. And then as they're leaving or after they left, they are at like a magazine rack. Yeah. And then Steve says to his friend, like, uh, I think it's my night or something like yep. that. Yep. And it's then my night. he's like, <laughs> yeah. And he's not sure why. And then they turn around and then Linda and her friend are ended up at the same magazine rack. Yeah. So then Linda and Steve start talking and they're kind of like flirting and everything while the two friends are just awkwardly <laughs> staring at each other. <laughs> yeah. And after he, like he, the, his friend tries to make eye contact and like break the ice and she just shakes her head like, no. Nah. <laughs> and that they had that nice wide shot of Steve and Linda, like engrossed in conversation. And the two friends are at the opposite ends of the shot like leaning against their cars like we yeah. are stuck here and <laughs> we, have, we there's nothing promising there's no gold at the end of the rainbow there's nothing we're yeah stuck they're here. just kind of there <laughs> i just i thought the friend was so funny on how much he was talking about how his watch could hold 20 numbers <laughs> yeah and he's like i'm gonna fill up this watch tonight just like what yeah. a what a strange like brag. <laughs> yeah, and that's that's one of those perfect examples of something that's like that's technically dated and yet the, the philosophy remains. <laughs> yeah, yeah, like just trying to get a, a bunch of numbers for the sake of having a bunch of numbers. Yep. And I liked how Steve was like like you just got a bunch of numbers for of people you're never gonna call or <laughs> never see again. <laughs> You know, just to, just so you can be a guy that could say he has twenty numbers. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I, I forgot the uh, like the car ride there was hilarious when they're trying to find they're trying to find the place yes. and they like stop. Soto. <laughs> yeah, and they they talk to a um, a mime and they like call the mime over and at first he like isn't talking and then the mime. Like they get the mime gets in a car with some random couple there, yeah. and the mime's just talking the whole time. <laughs> Fun uh, fact: Do you know random. who that mime was? Do you know who played that mime? I do not. Eric Stoltz. Oh yeah, I actually seen that. I forgot about that. I because uh, after our after I watched the movie, I kind of do some research on it. Mm-hmm. I did see that, but I completely like it slipped my mind. Yeah, there were a lot of fun little little parts in there, or a lot of. Uh, very small roles played by people went on to, well, Stoltz had already done stuff, but there were a lot of people that like went on to become bigger, but we'll can address that later. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So then, um, so Linda and Steve start going on a few dates. Um, and then while Linda was at Steve's apartment, he offers to give her his garage door opener, <laughs> but then she kind of like freaks out because of her previous, yeah. um, her previous experience with the garage door opener. And so then she kind of just leaves. Yeah. And then a little bit later on, Steve ends up going to her house and then they uh, end up hooking up. Mm-hmm. Um, and then that's kind of that for them for a little bit. Um, so then we get to uh, Janet and Cliff and uh they're at cliff's house and she's asking him if her boobs are too small and he tells her sometimes (laughs) yeah which is such a crazy answer uh so then she ends up going to a plastic surgeon to get implants and then uh like after she like talks to the 
doctor. She's like immediately on board. And uh, while she, after that, she gets home and she seems like she's tipsy or intoxicated in some way. And she like, she tries to call (laughs) Cliff and like leave some kind of like sexy message. But it's some other dude at the uh, the other line. And he's (laughs) like, you got the wrong number, but I'll be over in a few. Um, so then we go to um, Steve, and he attempts to call Linda after a few days has passed, but she's kind of like not trying to get into like a relationship or anything. Right. Um, and then we cut to Debbie, who is another person who lives in Steve's apartment complex, which everybody besides Linda live in that same complex. Yes. That's, um, that's that how complex most of them is kind of what brings them together yeah and so debbie uh goes to get a dating video made which this was like probably my favorite like part of the whole movie (laughs) yeah which that was another uh, another thing is uh the person who did the the person who recorded it was um tim burton yes the videographer was Tim Burton, which is kind of crazy. Yeah. Yeah. Small, that, small little favor director to director favor, presumably. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but that just so entertaining how she's like, it's like green screened where she's like flying through yeah. the city. Just so, so good. I just enjoyed that whole part. Yeah. And how it like, <laughs> It cuts. It starts off with like her in the shower, and like the <laughs> camera guy like almost like goes into the shower, and then it's just like random shots of her in like lingerie, and then <laughs> Debbie <country>. flying. Through <laughs> the <city. laughs> yeah, uh, that was so good. All right, so then we go to uh, Cliff and his band are kind of looking through some newspaper reviews of the band. And a lot of it's like negative stuff about <laughs> Cliff, but like positive about the band other than Cliff. Uh, so he's kind of getting uh, upset about that. And then it goes to Steve taking Janet to get her surgery. And uh, she's telling him kind of what she wants in a man, how like she wants him to like say bless you whenever she sneezes, stuff like that. And then the doctor comes, uh, like takes her to the room and the doctor talks, tells Janet that, um, normally he doesn't do this, but she doesn't need the surgery cause she's perfect how she is. Um, but it was mostly him trying to like get with her. Yeah, that was, was like, that was something that, that seemed odd even at the time. And now watching it now, it seems even weirder. Um, yeah. And like, you got like this kind of cringy feel, but he never like it's like what he said sort of crossed a line, but like she never kind of acknowledged like she she's kind of nipped into the bud and that was kind of that. And yeah. like as soon as it got cringy, it got uncringy. <laughs> um, and yeah. now when you watch it now, it's like it's cringy before it even becomes cringy because you wonder if it's going to become that way. And then it did. But for such a short time that it was like, wait, did that ever actually get cringy or did I just foresee it for so long that I think it did? Yeah, it, it was, it was a, a little cringy, but I, I don't know. I, I felt like Janet, like 
was really great in this scene. Yes. How she kind of like cuts it off really quick and then kind of like gets him like refocused and like, yeah. Uh, and then this is also like the start of her, like, uh, her growth of like understanding kind of what she's worth and everything. Right. Um, so then after this, she, she decides not to go through with the operation <laughs> And then she's at Cliff's house and she kind of tests him by like fake sneezing <laughs> mm-hmm. and he doesn't say bless you or anything. And he just hands her tissues and tells her not to get him sick because <laughs> he's got some shows. Nope. Uh, so then she's kind of like deciding to end the whole thing. Uh, mm-hmm. And that's kind of where I'm pretty sure this is where she like breaks up with them and kind of leaves. It might yeah. be a little later. And I like how they didn't really play that up a whole lot. Like she just, just like they, they let you know that she's decided to just kind of end it, but it wasn't a conversation she had to have with him. Mm-hmm. He just went, he was doing his thing anyway. And she just kind of let it go, let, let him go. And that they didn't devote yeah. any more time with it, which was cool. Yeah. Um, so then uh, Linda calls Steve, and this is after some time. So then they start dating for a few weeks. Uh, and then she tells him that she's uh, her period's late. So then Steve goes and buys some pregnancy tests, uh, and they come out positive. And then, Please. yeah, so then <laughs> they are uh, kind of talking about like the whole thing. And then it cuts to Debbie. She gets her results back from the people who matched with her. And this is a very fun thing. (laughs) There's like a buff guy, um, a guy who's like really into bicycles. Um, There's the guy who just kind of like zooms in on his face. And he's like, I'm really, really lonely. (laughs) (laughs) Mm -hmm. Uh, I forgot. There was a couple other people. There was like an artist or something like that, but they uh, choose to go with the bicycle guy. Yeah, and they, they all vote unanimously for him because everybody else was either frightening or sad. <laughs> yeah. Or <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so then uh, so she goes to meet with him uh, for a date, but she went to the wrong location. Like she sent him to one place, but it was another place. So she rides her bike from that place to the other place, and then by the time she gets there, he left a message for her to meet her at her house because he had her address. So then he, um, she drives back to her house, like her tire pops on the way home. <laughs> uh, and then when she gets there, he's flirting with Pamela, who's her roommate. Um, and so then she kind of goes outside, like takes her outside and they're kind of arguing and she's like saying that she has to pay for like she's basically selling the date uh <laughs> saying that she has to pay for what she paid to get the date in the first place nope. uh and then they settled on eighty dollars and then she's gonna do dishes for the whole month <laughs> as as he's able to overhear the whole <laughs> the, yeah he's the like, whole negotiation like, oh, he's like, okay and then he's <laughs> kind of like getting a little like more sad yeah. the lower the price goes <laughs> yeah that was a nice touch i don't know why they yeah added that <laughs> yeah but it was pretty it was pretty cool i, I like that that little tw- wrinkle they threw in there yeah so then um we got back to steve and linda and steve proposes to linda 
Um, but she doesn't answer right away. Um, but she's like eating a chili dog, I believe. And <laughs> yeah. she's like, I'm going to remember this chili dog forever. Mm-hmm. Um, so then later they kind of, they, she decides to say yes to it. Um, so then they're riding in a car together and Linda runs a red light and then she gets hit by a truck. Um, she has some minor injuries, but then they, she ends up losing the baby. And so then Linda and Steve kind of go like, uh, so Linda decides to go to Alaska for a month and yeah, to kind of work on everything. Yeah. Mm. Um, so then we get to uh, Cliff is attempting to get Janet back, uh, and he installed a new stereo in her car, <laughs> but it's <laughs> just way too powerful. And he's at, like got a remote to control it, and it just destroys. It breaks it like all of the windows in her car. And, and I and I like too that I think her car was a old the AMC Pacer, mm-hmm. which was um, it had the funky quirk that the rear windows kind of like curved it was like a greenhouse on wheels uh <laughs> so like i don't know if they just said okay we're gonna give her an amc pacer just to show like how off kilter her life is or if it's just oh we need an old beater and that's just what they yeah. found. That's, that's been a missed i'm not a big car guy but that like there's certain cars that just kind of catch your attention and that was that was one of them <laughs> Yeah, so, yeah, it, it kind of breaks, and then he's like, yeah, I'll replace those windows. <laughs> so then uh, we get to Linda coming back from her trip, or her, like, work trip, um, and Steve and her kind of decide to break up, but Steve really did not want to break up, and he was, like, really unhappy with it. So then he's like drunk at a concert and he calls Linda from a payphone saying that he like wants to be with her. And like, I just love, he's like in the pay, he's like in the payphone room and there's a bunch of people outside like waiting to get in. And he's like, this isn't the bathroom. (laughs) Uh, So yeah, they, uh, he's leaving this long message about how he wishes he like said something to her uh, when he picked her up. And how he wasn't okay with all this. And then the she, Linda wasn't home to hear the message. So when she gets home, she like tries to rewind her tape. Uh, but the tape gets destroyed. So then she never ends up hearing the message. Mm-hmm. Um, and this whole time, he has been pitching this like super train that's supposed to help with all of the traffic. Um, <clears throat> but he gets a... He gets to pitch the super train to the mayor, but the mayor rejects it. And then he like goes to his job and just quits. <laughs> and I just love, he like grabs all his stuff out of his drawer and then like closes the drawer and then his whole cubicle <laughs> just falls apart. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Uh, so yeah, he gets, uh, Debbie ends up going on a vacation to Cabo. And then while she's on the plane, she gets uh there's this like really annoying kid that's like hitting on her basically um so then when she gets off the plane she ends up falling in love with his father and um after that this is i like this part where it's um cliff who's kind of like talking about all this stuff yeah um so then yeah i like how he's like talking about it he's like bringing her like a 
uh, like a bouquet of roses or whatever. And then he's like, I have to somehow get into her house and leave a bunch of rose petals. It's like, his job is crazy. And then that's what it gives him the idea when he looks over and sees uh, Janet. Yeah. Uh, um. So then we get to Linda gets back with Andy, who is like her boyfriend from the beginning. Um, and, but she's kind of like unsure of it, mm-hmm. but she like says that it's like, it's a good idea. Cause he's like kind of steady or whatever. Safe. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, like, so then like being alone together. <laughs> yeah. That's what that she said. Being alone together. Yeah. Um, so then Steve is stuck in his apartment. Uh, it's got like <laughs> trash all over it and he's like building like a train set all over. And then Janet comes up to check on him and tells him uh, that he's going to be consumed by his depression um, and he needs to like get out. And so then they come up with like some kind of special knock together. Mm -hmm. Um, And so then he kind of begins to clean up his apartment and then Linda comes over and tells him he wants to get back together. And like one of my favorite lines of this whole movie was when she like was saying like how uh, she wants to think she said, I don't want to, I don't have to be your girlfriend. I just want to like be your friend or something like, or I just want to be, just want to know you again. Yeah. That's what it was. Know you again. And he said, what took you so long? Like that was like my favorite part. Just what took you so long? Um, So then, yeah, they start getting back together and then we cut to cliff in or Janet is in the elevator Cliff um, kind of catches the elevator and they're like, yeah, are you going out? And they're like, yeah, we're both going out. And then <laughs> Janet sneezes and Cliff says, bless you. And then they kind of start to make out. And then it kind of fades out of the city and the, the movie ends. Yep. Yeah. That like, that just kind of irritated me. Cause like, <laughs> I liked how it kind of showed Cliff's, Cliff kind of had like character development, but not like too much. But right. Janet had like a lot of character development, and then it, I feel like it kind of just lost it at the end there. Yeah, yeah, and it's with Janet and Cliff. I I got the sense that like no matter how they ended that, it would have seemed it would have seemed somehow correct because it seemed like it like had they left it at the trajectory it was it was going. You mm-hmm. still could have wondered, like, like, oh, I could see them, like, since, because she had that line earlier, like, I'm so glad he moved into my building, and <laughs> like that kind of sets you up, like, man, uh, she, yeah, there, she's kind of done with him, but you could totally see, like, where the line was like, oh, I'm on my own terms, and da da da, but she was mm-hmm. sitting there and still had the phone right next to her, so it's like, yeah, yeah she was on her own, but how much was she really? Um, I, I like the, the subtlety of that where it's like, you never really were convinced that she was happy, independent, but she was also enjoying it. So like there was that ambiguity there. Like, like, well, she, is she going to really be on her own this time? Or is it just until he says or does the right thing? And, or seems like he's grown or is different where the, the bless you like knocked her socks off when 
you know, maybe it shouldn't have, <laughs> or maybe it yeah. should have, maybe this is the time. And you just like having it end there, like you get to be uncertain just like life is. <laughs> yeah. Um, so what would you say your favorite part of this movie would be? Uh, favorite part. Uh, I, w- I was, I wanted to have that kind of <laughs> established before we did this. And now, cause I know there is one. Um, I'll have to come back to that because I know there okay. is one. And it's just not. Yeah. Not I'll ask you again after. We're, we're <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Yes. Yeah. Um, don't let me forget. <laughs> maybe something will jog your memory. All right. Yeah. And then uh, if you're going to give, you can give either somebody in this movie an Oscar or the movie itself an Oscar. Uh, who Who's going to go to and what's the category? And these can be made up categories if you want. Yeah. <laughs> uh, And I, w- I had given this thought. I, I'd have to give it to. <sighs> Something about Steve. Um, where he he kind of. I don't know what kind of Oscar to call it though. Um, well, I could take the easy way out and just say like Oscar for Cameron Crowe to incorporate musicians in a movie as both, <laughs> as both like performing music and like having little bit parts. Yeah. Um, like the, there's a little scene. I think it was where, uh, where Bridget or Bridget, um, Bridget found his character, Janet, when Janet was at, uh, was with Cliff with the band and the, uh, it was actually two of the guys. It was Eddie Vedder and, uh, Jeff Ament from Pearl Jam. They were watching that thing about bees and yeah. they're just like stoned out of their gore. And like, <laughs> look, like the, they didn't, I don't know if they, I don't know if you could call it particularly acting well, but they, uh, Crow's casting of them and what he had them do just seemed like spot on perfect, <laughs> especially the, yeah, that, um, I don't know if this is my, my favorite, favorite part of the movie, but, uh, the Oscar will go to the, we'll call it a guest Oscar for, for <laughs> Vetter and Ament sitting there with Cliff going through those reviews <laughs> where he was like, I don't want to hear anything negative. And they're just like looking and looking and looking. He said, no, it, uh, a compliment for us is a compliment for you. <laughs> uh, there might be others that come along, but those uh, that, and then uh, yeah, Chris Cornell like showed up when he was demoing the speakers on her car and he was just like nodding. <laughs> nothing, nothing too great or drastic. Yeah. Or, or we yeah, call this- it an Oscar for like best. And this is, this is the Oscar I thought of like when, when you would mention it before was uh um some of the best small roles of of oscars who later or of as actors who later went on to things like uh jeremy piven as the spastic yeah. cashier uh paul giamatti uh making out 
That's and, uh, so funny. And you're like, is that Paul Giamatti? What the? I know. <laughs> like, I see him, and I'm like, okay, so he's going to be in the movie, isn't he? Or and then nothing. It's just he's just there yeah. for that one scene. I was so confused. Yeah. And then there's other actors like, like you never heard from again, uh, like Pam. Uh, yeah, she's just there for that one scene. Yeah, just uh, to steal the boyfriend. Or and the Mater D, the Steve's Mater D friend, who was kind of heavily heavily in it for a while and then wasn't. Um, yeah, yeah. So a lot of like little ghost ghost performances <laughs> that came and went. Yeah, so I I have two that I would give. Uh, my first one is um, I'd give this Oscar. Uh, the, I'd give the movie the Oscar for the best dating video shot in a movie. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, hands down. <laughs> and then the second one I would give would be to uh, Campbell Scott mm-hmm. for having two people in this movie that he just has insane chemistry with. Like the whole time he could have got like, I really was hoping for the Linda thing, but like if they would have written the movie to where he would have got back with Janet, like I would have been fine with that as well. Cause just the way, like when they're together, every time they're in a scene together, I'm like, they're going to get back together. Right. Cause (laughs) like just the way that they like sit, just, they're always like, they're always sitting in a position where I'm like, okay, they're about to make out right now. I don't know. It's just there the chemistry between both of them and like him and both of those two women in the movie I thought was was really good. Yep. Oh, and I do have a I think I do have a favorite part. Um <laughs> anything involving Andy, Andy sensitive sensitive ponytail man <laughs> where 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 he says he had a ponytail, didn't he? Mr. Sensitive Ponytail Man. And like as I'm laughing at that her rebuttal, like, no, he is not Mr. Sensitive Ponytail Man. <laughs> Just, that one's always yeah. a stark accord with me. Uh, and I love when it shows them two sitting together with, like, the together alone and you yeah. sit there with, like, the longest ponytail. <laughs> Reading the paper. And, uh, oh, and the, the, her flashback to when, where he met, where she met him at the party in college. She was talking about what oh, yeah. her, her dream man would be. And, oh, I was a semester too late because it was all like safe sex and everything. And and Andy comes through, like, gives her that stare and says, like, every line he had was just awesome. It was, uh, it's okay to loathe these people. <laughs> There's so much life in you and so much emotional larceny in these others. <laughs> and as you're digesting that, they cut to the conversation she was having with Steve telling him about this. And he just st- stares blankly like emotional larceny. <laughs> that, that whole, that whole scene was a, a favorite of mine. <laughs> yeah. I'm glad you brought that scene up because I just thought it was so funny that come as your favorite contraceptive. Yeah. Like that's yeah. the idea for the party is so yeah. funny to me. I'm old, but I'm not that old. I miss that. <laughs> <laughs> It would have been fun to be in college then, but even more fun to be in college a year before that or two years. <laughs> <laughs> I missed all of it. All right. So then let's get into the quotes here. So the first quote I have is, finally, a local tells me some secrets. Yes. Uh, and your your question is, who who delivered the line? Yeah. 
that was Luis. Yes. When, uh, <laughs> when she said you dub. <laughs> yeah. So, so finally, a local tells me some secrets. It's like, what? <laughs> Smooth. Uh, so then uh, the next one I have is he keeps moving until something comes out of his penis. So what comes out? Spam. <laughs> I I didn't get that for a while. Uh, <laughs> uh, and I knew like what set it up. Like, oh, he was a doctor. He was from Boston. But I, when I saw the movie, I understand when a Boston doctor says spam, he means sperm. And I didn't yeah. think – and I thought it was just a kid being a, a dipshit. But uh, yeah, so the character was was little Steve, I guess we'll call him, uh, yeah. <laughs> when he was relaying to his friends what he learned from the doctor. Uh, and I, 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 I love when they when they cut from that scene like spam and friends go ew and then they <laughs> cut to Steve as an adult just like looking at the camera like mm. uh, <laughs> yeah little so subtle things then, in that movie man <laughs> <laughs> all right the next one I have is if I had a personal conversation with God I'd tell him to create her. <laughs> Uh, that was Steve and that led to some of the best, uh, some of the better reactions, yeah. uh, from the other characters. I, th- I think Linda said like, uh, oh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. or actually that was, I, was, was really it that same line. scene? Oh, sorry. Go ahead. I was just saying, I, I really enjoyed that line in yeah. general. Yeah. Uh, that, that was that, that same scene where, um, where, they were kind of cutting between Steve talking to his friends and Linda talking to her friend. Right. And, and they're Linda's, all kind of talking about like him not calling her yet. Right. Right. And he's like, I'm going to go call my semi-girlfriend. And then the this Mater D friend whose name maybe someday we'll know. <laughs> says, am I, only one, am I the only one here who remembers your last three girlfriends? And he just pops the antenna down. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> just like a, he's about to call and then ends up yeah. not calling. Yeah. Yeah, and popping the antenna down is a lost art. <laughs> like you don't <laughs> see that anymore, so that that's a an extra little dramatic flair. <laughs> All right, then the last one I have is: Are you his Miss Right or his Miss Maybe? Ah, good one. Uh, that is the the doctor, plastic surgeon, uh, played by Bill yeah. Pullman. As they said on Family Guy, forgettable, forgettable actor Bill Pullman. I think it was Family Guy that said that. <laughs> yeah, that was just uh, very, like, that kind of, like, got her to, like, that kind of started the, or not started, but helped with the, what's it called? The whole. Um, her uh, realization of self-worth. Yeah. Yeah. That I'm it sorry, did. I was- I was trying to look up the guy's name, but I could not find it. Doctor, I want to say it was kind of a strange name, and I like how he had like lamps on the on the walls that looked like breasts. I thought that was a, <laughs> that was kind of odd. I think it was the wall. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm just gonna give up on this. <laughs> All right, so then let's go on to our two truths and a lie. So I'm gonna I'm gonna read you three different statements. You just have to tell me which statement is not right. Okay. 
All right. So, um, which I already said this earlier, but I think you already knew that is, uh, Tim Burton was the videographer of Debbie's dating video. Yep. Um, uh, Jeremy Piven cost the movie a lot of money because he improvised the lyrics to the public enemy song, bring the noise and Elvis Costello's, uh, peace, love and understanding. So they had to end up paying the rights to the artist to put him in the movie. Hmm. And then uh, Johnny Depp was going to play Steve, but he declined because he didn't want to kiss on screen yet. I will say the falsehood is the Johnny Depp line or the Johnny Depp story. Yeah. So Johnny Depp was going to play Steve, but it wasn't that he didn't want to kiss on screen yet. What he told them is he didn't want to say, I love you on screen. Huh? Wow. Yeah. I don't know how true that was, but at least that was one of the things I came across while I was researching this. Oh, that's wild. So that, uh, so that was the falsehood, but, but only mildly. Yeah. It it was just the reason I said, like, it wasn't that he didn't want to kiss on screen. It's that he actually said that I don't want to, he told them, he didn't want to say I love you on screen, so he was going to play Steve, but he ended up declining. Oh wow, that would have been interesting. And Campbell Scott has always been like an enigma to me because I always thought he was good in the the movie, and I only mm-hmm. remember one other movie he was in after that that was a pretty like kind of a small artsy movie, and I I don't know whatever happened to him, but I always and any time I see that happen, I always wonder like. Do they, um, is it by choice or are they like difficult to work with and kind of get themselves blacklisted by, you know, just by being a tool or is it just kind of happenstance? And Bridget Fonda was like, back then she was everywhere and then totally vanished. And I saw a a picture of her recently where she was like, just kind of old and sort of bloated out and she just like completely unrecognizable. It was very strange. All right, so yeah, that was uh, all I had. Uh, I don't know if you remembered your favorite part of the movie. Um, hmm. I don't know. They, I, it all, it's almost like, um, it's almost like there's different, uh, different parts that strike me as my favorite, depending on when I see it or like a mood I'm in, like. Um, but they're usually quick stuff, like the the argument that Debbie and, and Pam have on the on the porch. Sometimes that cracks me up. <laughs> yeah, where where she's <laughs> where yeah, where make popcorn becomes <laughs> becomes like this big metaphor. Like, oh well, at least I don't have to chase the popcorn. Yeah, <laughs> uh, and and some of oh Steve's inner monologues when um when he and Linda are starting to date where she, she opens the, or she pulls the oh, yeah, car yeah. lock, which is another dated reference. And yeah. I love just, how he's like just staring at like, yeah. he, he's thinking about it while he's talking, yeah. like his boss is talking to him yep. and his boss ends it with, yeah, I just really like how you listen to me <laughs> <laughs> the whole time. He's thinking about the, the date. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Something that uh, I didn't really think about until I was talking about the movie with a friend of mine um, 
they were talking about his Steve's whole super train premise. Mm-hmm. Um, and I wondered, like, is there something to that? Or they just had to give him a job and that was it. And my friend was like, well, the, the train, it kind of symbolizes uh, um, a relationship because you're traveling together and you're in a space and it's not just you and you're moving back and forth. Whereas, but then Linda said, Oh, but I love my car. And the mayor said, no, people love their cars. Well, they're singular in a car yeah. driving to work and they can listen to their thing. And, and Steve's argument was no, if you give them good coffee and good music, they will, they will park and ride. And, and the, the train was rejected. <laughs> so when, when my yeah. friend brought that up, I'm like, well, okay, well I'm dumber than I thought because that really, <laughs> <laughs> that's a really, uh, that's pretty deep, <laughs> but it yeah, made all the sense in the world. I'm like, man, I enjoyed this re- movie. And like, that was probably a pretty central, central theme that somebody worked hard to incorporate. And I totally missed it. And that's usually how my movie going goes. <laughs> Right, <laughs> I'll miss the deep stuff quite often. Yeah, but, well, that yeah. was that was all I had. Uh, thanks for coming on, Joe. I really appreciate it. Oh, happy to do it, man. This was fun. Thanks for having me. Thank you for listening to You Get an Oscar. I have been your host, Anthony Martinez, and my guest was Joe Morgan. You can contact the podcast at YouGetAnOscarPod at gmail dot com or on Facebook at You Get an Oscar. Links to follow the podcast will be in the show notes. Thank you, and I will talk to you next Monday.